let's get to today's topic with our guests. I have in here with us Brad Williams. Hi, Brad. Thank you for being here. How are you doing, Chris? Good uh, Mariah Williams. Hello. Mariah, thanks for being here. And David Keyes. Good morning. Now, you all three are members of the Rotary Club. And I know, David, you're like a past president. Is that I am. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what official titles uh, you guys carry, Brad and Mariah. I scrupulously try to avoid all those sort of things. My my daughter is not quite the same. Yes, I am uh, on the a board member for the Sandpoint Rotary. Okay, it's like all a right. gateway job. It yeah, really that's right. is. That's it's a right. gateway. It's a gateway. He started the board member, and he ended up president or past president or or something <laughs> something. Um, but all three you're heavily involved in the Chafe 150 bike ride that we're going to be talking about. Um, but before we get there. Let's do tell more about what this uh, Sandpoint Rotary is and what you do. I can jump into that, I guess, Brad. Do you want me to? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, well, we were formed in 1966. We, Gosh, we do everything in the community. We support education mostly. We have 110 members right now, which is really a strong showing. Uh, we do many different uh, fundraisers in the community, but we also are focused again on the Book Trust, which comes back to Chafe. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but... We have a project going on the Pine Street Woods right now. We actually helped build the Rotarian Trail up there, which is a near and dear to all of our hearts that way. But we have other things going on up there soon. And it's just a, a group of neighbors, friends, and people who want to make a difference locally and internationally. And Rotary finds a, a good way for all of us to fit in. And so we uh, are growing all the time. We keep attracting more members, which is great. And we keep bringing in newer, younger uh, ideas, too. And every, every new member has that new idea for the club, and we're all about being an, pliable. An idea about a service project. Yeah, or state. something. Uh-huh. Or giving more money to Polio Plus, you know, fighting polio, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know, it, it, as I was walking over here, I looked up and I saw a clock tower at Fireman Park, which yeah. I believe Rotary was heavily involved. Indeed. And yeah. uh, as well as the uh, bandstand there. The band shell, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's some other sculptures in there, too, that... Uh, Ryan Lutman, when he was president, helped uh, spearhead that, and mm-hmm. it, it lives today. Yeah, yeah. So the Rotary has a, their mark all around town. So for Rotary, you mentioned you have a ton of members now. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about how you become a member, and also um, you know, what kinds of stuff does a member have to do? Oh, the secret handshake thing, you mean? Or what? <laughs> yeah. You, you can't show that over the Okay, radio. that's true. Huh? So you're safe. <laughs> uh, Rotary's open uh. to anybody. Uh, we, we invite people to come visit us for sure. And what we find out is people join kind of for the business or the connections with other people, but they stay for making the difference. And we have members who've been members for 50 years, 40 years, and they uh, will tell you that. They said, oh, we, we come here for lunch, but we also make sure we give back. And then we keep coming back because I don't think there's a more unique situation for lunch than walking into a rotary meeting. You've done it, Chris, a few times, and there's that buzz. People are excited about whatever's going on, whatever, uh, catching up with the friends and all that. So uh, membership, inexpensive, really. Uh, we want to make sure we have people who can make a difference, and we have a, a committee that does that, mm-hmm. and we go through a, a process to make sure we're all squared away and making sure it's a good fit for the person but also the club as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it my observation from having been to a few of those is uh, the room is full of a lot of people that do a lot of different things around town. Yeah. And it would seem to me that's a primary criteria is that you got to be 
ready and willing to pitch in. Right. right. You know, the hardest in. job is trying to find enough people for our, our 4th of July parade. We do that boom shaka laka laka boom thing because all of our members are in different clubs. They like friends of the library. They're doing everything else right. and yeah. try to find eight people for us to hold that thing. Okay. is hard because they're marching in other, everything. Other yeah. floats they're all involved. So yeah. So, uh, well, I expect to see you on that, whatever you call that. The boom, boom shaka laka laka boom group. I am, I've been. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, actually, I think I've taken your picture there, David, <laughs> from the sidelines. Uh-huh. Uh, so, one of the big things that the Rotary does is the uh, Chafe 150, which is coming up in June. Mariah, the date? June 15th, 2024. Yeah. Um, And uh, one reason we're talking about it right now is because you can still get registered, I think, at the early bird registration amount. Yeah. Yep. Till the end of tomorrow, our Leap Day special. Okay. Leap Day special. Uh, And I want uh, now to turn to uh, the godfather of this group, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brad, because Brad, you actually initiated the whole ride. And prior to the rotary taking it on. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why there's a Chafe 150. Well, I've always enjoyed distance bicycle riding and and distance bicycle riding events. And I was, you know, I'd done a number of those things, and I just thought Sandpoint is just such a natural place to have something like that. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to, capture that um, ride, um, you know, between oh, like Bonners and Troy and Troy and uh, not long Highway 56, the Bull River Valley. The best uh, part of the ride, yeah, yes. right, right. I mean, it's just, it's a glorious bit of road. And, uh, you know, we started in 2008 and the thing, you know, it is a charity ride and it raises money for education. It originally started as a Panhandle Alliance for Education event that was uh, founded by Bill Berg and I with PAVE. And um, Rotary took it over after about the first five years. But uh, we've always raised money for education. And, you know, over the years, we've benefited an entire generation of Sandpoint children with Mm -hmm. uh, money raised by the ride. You know, Mm -hmm. we put over a million dollars into educational programs right here in Bonner County. Mm Mm-hmm. well, let's, let's. I want to talk about what it takes to pull it off, but let's describe the ride because there's not just a single ride here. There's a ride for every skill and ability, basically. Right, right. Well, you know, we started off with our signature 150 mile ride, which know? is really kind of an elite distance. Uh, yes, say. yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of hundred mile rides out there. People call them centuries, but um, there really are very few of this kind of distance. And, you know, that 150 route starts in Sandpoint, City Beach, goes north towards Bonners, then uh, east towards Troy, and then uh, along Highway 56 and, you know, back to Sandpoint on Highway 200. You know, just a beautiful ride. And, you know, we make revisions to it every now and then to uh, keep people uh, out of traffic as much as we can. And, you know, then shortly after starting the thing, we realized that people wanted shorter options, so... We have the 80-mile distance where we bus people from Sandpoint to Troy, and they ride the the most glorious part of the route from Troy back to Sandpoint. And And that's about 80 miles. It's about 80 miles. And then we have a couple of shorter rides that start in Sandpoint at the beach, go up in the Selly Valley, and um, we have a 25- and a a 40-mile distance. 
And then, you know, our latest addition is, um, you know, road riding is sort of declining in popularity, which, you know, really hurts me, but uh, that is sort of a fact. And gravel riding is becoming much more popular across the U.S. and across the world. And so we had our first gravel ride last year, um, starting in Clark Fork, um, up Lightning Creek, um, then back down um, to Highway 2, and then into the Sally Valley and back to Sandpoint, and, and a 50-mile, 50 55-mile gravel distance. And this year we're uh, expanding that and having a 75-mile gravel distance as well. So Is it basically the same route? Uh, it uses the first half of the same route. Up, up Lightning Creek. Uh, Lightning Creek, yeah. And then uh, the second half, the way it gets the additional distance, is just some more riding in the Selly Valley on gravel roads. And, you know, it's just beautiful, right? I mean, um, we've gotten so many comments about the, the, the route. Uh, people just love that route. And it's it's challenging ride, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you leave Clark Fork and it's a 3,000 foot vertical gain. To... Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of climbing because <laughs> uh -huh. you got to uh -huh. get up to basically to the pass where you come back down Trestle Creek. Trestle right? Creek, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. So, um, okay. And then for the, uh, folks that are maybe less hardcore in the riding, there's a shorter, there's a 40 mile ride as well. Well, we've got 25 and, and 40 oh, mile yeah. tarmac rides. What, what, yeah. what are those routes? Well, from the city beach up into the Sally Valley and uh, rest stops at Northside School and then back to town. Okay. And, and kind of an extension off that to make the 40. Yeah. You go. Right. Right. Just a bit further. Yeah. Right. Right. And all these routes are timed to start such that most people kind of finish near the same time. Right. We start the 150 very early. We start the 80 slightly later. We start the gravel rides a little later. And we have just a fantastic after ride party at City Beach. Um, we'd love you all to join us. You know, yeah, even yeah, if you don't want to ride, even you know, if you don't come ride, on down. come down to the the party at mm -hmm. City Beach. It is. Uh, I've been to a few of those, and mm -hmm. it's always fun to have more spectators there at the finish line. So, well, most of our rides start and end at the City Beach. Uh, most of them start at the city beach, um, but all of them end there. And so the more of the community that comes down to help celebrate the riders as they come across the finish line really adds to the environment that we have down there. And I mean, what better way to spend a, an afternoon in June than on the shores of Lake Ponderace? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, seeing these guys come through, some of them looking a bit ragged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they hear the cowbells. They think they can make it at that point. 150 yeah. miles. I, I've done the 80 a few times and, and the 40 once. Um, and the 150 is like, uh, yeah, I'd have to train pretty hard. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What kind of training should people be undertaking? I mean, somebody that's going to attempt the 150 should be a rider that's done at least a century ride, I'd assume. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I have a tendency to view it as not being that difficult it's just a matter of being on a bike for a but long I period of time but i wouldn't i wouldn't uh <laughs> listen to that one if i were you he's folks. not the baseline on this <laughs> yeah I, i've had a couple of friends that uh co-workers that did the 150 and 
both of them were like, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. And they did some training, but they hadn't done a lot right. of, of right. real long. It's a long day. It's a sure. long day. A, long a day. fair amount of it's mental too, yeah. right? You're on that bike. And sometimes you're with gr- a group of people, you know, if you've, if you've hooked up with a group of riders that, you know, you can ride with all day, that's a wonderful thing. It's, it would be it would be the best thing, but that's not always the case, right? You might end up on the road by yourself, and I feel like a fair bit of that's mental game. Mm-hmm. So the, the the benefit of hooking up with other riders is that you basically trade off on the lead, right? And right. so you can draft behind the lead rider, and it's a little easier. It's quite a bit easier, right? I mean, 15 to 20% um, by avoiding that uh, air resistance. Mm-hmm. And I think probably where people end up separating out is some people are much stronger climbers. Mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. hit the hills, uh, the guys that are stronger kind of get in front. And so then having done this, I can speak (laughs) from experience. So then you kind of look for another group if you're not as strong a climber as some of the guys out front. Yeah, Right. Right. You just circulate between groups. But I I followed you in one year. I think maybe you, Mariah, were you on the... the, Could have been. I've spent quite a few years on the back of the tandem for the Chafe. Uh, The day of my high school graduation, so the Chafe started in 2008, graduated high school in 2010. On my high school graduation, I rode as far as I could on the Chafe 150 until it was time to go get dressed for high school graduation. My Mm -hmm. brother came, picked me up, crossed along the route, drove me back in. Went and took a shower and yeah. walked across the stage. And I went to the graduation in my bike clothes. In, yes. <laughs> which didn't, my high school graduation photos include Brad and his full cycling kit still covered in sweat from the Chafe 150. And I'm pretty sure he actually rode his bicycle to graduation. graduation right. Yeah. Well, he'd have to. Basically, he just because if you, yeah. if you got all the gear on, you better be sure. Sure, the chief might be you know Brad's brainchild, but I happen to be one of his live children, <laughs> so he has to do both in one yeah. day. Well, I, I imagine bicycling goes far beyond, uh, and I know it does for Brad, uh, just this single ride. You, you, you do rides around the region, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, ride my bike to work a lot of the time, so mm. yep, yep, spend a lot of time on the bike, mm. and you were talking about difficulty earlier you know our, our gravel rides are also part of um, the panhandle gravel series and that's something you know charles mortensen and syringa cyclery started and um, so for those of you who would like to do some gravel rides and gravel races you know think about that three-quarter mine think about that panhandle gravel series mm-hmm. and um, that one starts early you know you can uh, that yeah, First the, ride is early May. At three-quarter minus, cycle tours in May, and then the Chafe's the second leg of that. And then we've got the Monarch Grind that'll happen in late June. Mm-hmm. Um, if you And you can register for them all at once. So if you're really gung-ho and you want to do that Panhandle Gravel Series, you can sign up for them all at once. And you can save a little money. And which, if you, do they track the times and winners between all three of them to have a grand winner? Do you know? Yeah, yes, they do. Point system. Mm-hmm. So depending on time placement across each ride, they kind of gather a winner along the series. But one of the things about the chafe is that the, the chafe is a ride, not a race. And so um, throughout the years, and I think Brad could probably speak a little bit more to the culture of a grand fondo, but um, one of the things that we really stress is that we're not here to race it's a timed ride you'll get your time but it's more about participation and the challenge of yourself and the 
um, bringing the community together than it is about, you know, top places. You're really writing against the clock for your personal best, and that may get you across the line first. (laughs) Right. You'd probably end up still being a pretty elite writer. Right. The only people who get prizes are top fundraisers. That's Mm -hmm. really the only people that get ranked at the chafe. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's swing right into that topic. So how does this raise money, and then how do the, the writers uh, participate in that? Well, the bulk of our money comes from fundraising. We've just got a, a number of fabulous business sponsors. Uh, underwriters, basically. Underwriters, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And we're at, what is it, $147,000 this year? In, in cash and in-kind sponsorships. Yes, yes. It's just amazing, the generosity business community has here in Sandpoint. And uh, I suppose they do that because they know that we steward their money very well. You know, we we put these funds to use in the educational system and, and we've produced remarkable and demonstrable results. Mm-hmm. Our um, you know, things like uh, reading scores and other forms of measurement have been impacted by the chafe ride and in a way that we can show people um so anyway and we're also uh, i think one of the real tests though of the community resolve to supporting it was the year we didn't have it so you think yeah you know that's a terrible year for us because of covid exactly right so guess what happened every sponsor except for two paid their sponsorships Mm -hmm. that year we didn't have a ride Mm -hmm. we didn't have anything else to show for it other than the history of being good stewards of the money and being a part of what was going on Nobody even fussed about not having a ride that year. Mm-hmm. It was our most profitable <laughs> net year ever, but you know we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But it was making the best out of something bad. And again, to me, that's one of my favorite Rotary stories when I visit other clubs is here's how you get part of a community. We didn't even have the ride, and we made more money that year than we should have, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. kept things going. Yeah, and we have about 100 sponsors, both individuals and businesses, that make it happen. And um, I could list them all, but it's uh, kind of a long list. So I just I do want to call out our platinum and gold sponsors sure. who really make this all yeah. happen. Which is uh, we have our platinum sponsors, which is Like Media and Lighthouse Foods. Our gold sponsors: Cochava, Ting, KPND, Bonner County Daily V, Martin and Karen Quill, and Jordan and Sarah Heimwitz. Mm-hmm. So we're so thankful for them um, and all of our sponsors and, from our. And you can check out all the sponsors on the website. Yes. KR, I mean, chafe.org, uh, chafe150.org. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you can find us on social media at Ride Chafe150. And we continue to welcome additional sponsors. So if what you're hearing today sparks you to get involved, mm-hmm. you know, we'd love to hear from mm-hmm. you. So. There is still a component of fundraising that the bicyclists themselves can take part in. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because uh, I'm here to tell the bicyclists, having done this a few times myself, that it's pretty easy to get people to chip in. Hey, I'm doing this bike ride, and uh, you know, I'll put in the sweat if you'll put in ten cents a mile, or you know, I had some people put in a, a dollar a mile. He only went eighty miles, so that wasn't right. a huge thing. But, but anyways, it, it all added up, you know, and uh, that's one way a, a writer can do it now. But a writer is 
kind of on a hook to say they'll raise at least 50 bucks or just chip in 50 bucks personally, right? Is that, how, how's that work? Yeah. So we have a base <clears throat> registration fee that covers your registration for the ride. But what we're doing here really is to, you know, expand the, the funding we have for the causes that we're fundraising for. So each rider is required to either raise or donate a minimum of $50. Youth riders have a smaller number. Um, and each of those riders, they can you can choose to just donate your $50 with your registration and, and not move forward with doing any fundraising. Or you can come you can using our online platform with registration you can build your online fundraising page that you can share with your friends and family to help you um, raise money towards this cause and you can share it on you know social media directly with people um, and are depending on the level of of fundraising that you do you can win prizes from that um, the our top prize is uh, a bicycle, actually, from Outdoor Experience. But you got to hit a certain level. Yes. Yeah. You have to raise, I believe it's $4,000 yeah. mm-hmm. for that price. Right. So there you go, bicyclists. Get get involved in the cause beside just doing the ride, right? right? Yeah. And, and actually, all that money, if everybody would raise a few hundred dollars each rider by getting fr- friends and family to do pledges mm-hmm. or... Yeah. Whatever. Um, it costs about $50 a year to support a child in the book trust program. So each rider's $50 contribution supports one of our local kids. Mm-hmm. So any more that you do just means we can touch more kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. The other thing I wanted to ask about is the volunteer network it takes to pull this thing off because it, it takes a ton of volunteers. So tell us a bit about that. Well, it's a... It, it's a community effort, right? I mean, virtually everyone in the Rotary Club is involved at some level. Um, and we have this fantastic ride committee that meets all year, and they are so good. You know, we have a bunch of people that have professional experience in the, in the areas they're working in. Um, Mitzi Hawkins works with Lighthouse Foods, and she is in charge of our rest stops um, and you have how many rest stops? Seven. Yeah. yeah. So in yeah. each one of those, has a number of people add mm. them to when the yeah. riders come in right. to give them right. food right. and water. And right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And, and thanks to Care Off Why, they've been a, a rest stop supporter for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. Northside School. That's right. 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 Mm-hmm. At Northside School mm-hmm. is where. Is where uh, yep. At Northside School. Care Why does theirs. Yeah. Right. And you know we just have. A, a huge number of volunteers on ride day um, uh, doing everything from supporting the riders on the road to working with our start and finish area and uh, helping cyclists get their bikes on buses if they're riding like the uh, 80 where they're bused to Troy or um, riding the gravel rides where there's a, a bus ride to Cork Fork. Um, yeah, but it takes over 100 individual people to make this happen um and it and it happens like brad mentioned there's a ride committee that works year round but the couple of weeks leading up to the ride and the few days after the ride are just jam-packed with work that needs to be done to put on an event of this size and one of the huge benefits that the sandpoint rotary club has in and how the chafe has been able to be successful is a network of people 
in the Rotary Club who care and want to help further this cause. Um, so we're thankful for that. And our Rotary Club members help us find other volunteers. Um, but if anyone out there listening wants to volunteer, we'd love to have you. It takes so many people and so many community partners to make it all happen. Yeah, and if you're new to town and you're looking for something, to, a, a way to dig in with what the community is all about and meet a lot of people and actually have some fun on, you got on the right and whatever the volunteer activity is, good thing to do. How does somebody connect up to, uh, to become a volunteer? If you visit our website and hit the contact button, you're, uh, it'll send an email to our uh, ride coordinator and you can contact us that way. You can also email us at info at chafe150.org or you can find us on social media, message us there. Um, any way you want to connect with us, we'll be able to uh, plug you into the right spot. Or come to lunch on Wednesdays at Rotary. Or come to lunch on Wednesdays we'll, at Rotary, yeah. <laughs> we'll rotarize you at that point. Even better. Then you get lunch. <laughs> okay, so that's and that's when and where? Wednesday noon at Tango Cafe. Okay. Okay, all right. There it is, open invitation. Right. Get a look at the... The room's pretty full, typically. It, it, it is, uh, but it's, it's the energy that keeps people coming back, Chris. It really, truly is. Yeah. Uh, but the magic, really, and this is great, what we're talking about all the volunteers... So that it all comes together, and again, right now we are kind of in the middle of a transition time in the Chafe Ride and Rotary. We've uh, got some people who have been committee chairs for quite a long time, Brad being one of them, and we're looking for that new blood. So we're going right now doing kind of a talent search. Who would fit into that position, approaching that person, and kind of working that way this year? So. Hey, come on. Brad's good for another 16. That's why I, th I say that, too. <laughs> I keep saying until they find the replacements, they're still on board. <laughs> yeah. But So all that work culminates, though, with a, uh, a check. And one of the greatest moments in Rotary in our club is the day we present the check. And this last year, we presented a check for $87,500 to the Book Trust. And that was a uh, – I'm going to shoot toot our own horn here for a second – but that was a, a big draw, and it makes a big difference in our community, and every Rotarian feels a part of when that happens. But it's the work of everybody to make that, make that happen. But uh, I remember that picture in the paper. I mean, it was just fun. I took the picture for that, that uh, event. And every year, there's another, another check, mm -hmm. and we want to keep that going and growing. And the Book Trust is a great recipient. I mean, we, I don't, we haven't talked much about that yet, but I'm sure we will. Uh, it touches everybody, mm -hmm. and we have generations now of students who have been recipients of those books. Well, roll right into it. Tell us more about it. Well, do you remember back in the day, uh, the Scholastic Book Club? Remember how you'd sign up and find those books that you wanted, and then you waited a month and they show up? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we do. So the kids still write the books that they want. Uh, they have a, a budget. And then Rotary pays for those books to show up. And then many of us show up. Uh, I went to Washington Elementary last time, and you talk about a great day. You feel like Santa Claus because these kids are so excited. They see the big boxes with the books, and we're saying... Tommy, your books are here. He'll come up. Read to me. Read to me. And it's just one of the most heartfelt things I've ever done in Rotary. And it's what kind of keeps the club moving, too. It's just a great connection. It mm -hmm. truly is to see that work. And, and you do that through another organization, right? The Book Trust, it's the called. Book, the Book yeah, Trust. That's yeah. the name of the organization it is. itself. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been partnering with them for several years. We always gave money to the Book Trust. We passed the hat. We do some donations. But three years ago, we said this will be our number one gift our number one charity our number one organization and so the club voted on that uh, we had presentations but we said book trust is it 
even though we were already giving some, but we said, let's take it to the next level. So now every kindergarten through third grader in our school district gets that book deal. And it's just, it makes a difference. It truly does. If you're ever having a bad day and you're a Rotarian, come to one of those book uh, passing out mornings. It's just the greatest thing. Heartwarming. It, it truly yeah. is. So out of all the different educational things that you could support, why did you pick reading? Well, yeah, well, the Chafe started out with the, that. Of course, we started out, first of all, with, with helping children on the autism spectrum. And that was when, again, for about two years, Brad, three years or longer? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the thing originally started out supporting um, PAFE's program. Ready, ready for, for kindergarten. kindergarten. Right. Ready for kindergarten, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, the initial know, ones, yeah. And that was a very successful program. And, you know, we supported that and, for And it's still roughly, going on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that thing has had a, a huge impact on literacy scores in Bonner County. Um, and then Rotary took it on. And Rotary has been using a process of funding one particular education initiative for three years and then selecting another. So we've supported education we or um, autism programs for a number of years then we supported some after school uh, literacy mm -hmm. efforts um, and then book trust and this is the third and final year of that support for book trust so the club is going to go through a, a process of vetting another uh, educational recipient mm -hmm. yeah and one of the other you know, things that I guess not everybody knows and having been around the Chafe for a long time. So Chafe, right, spend a lot of time on a bicycle, kind of cheeky. But Chafe cycle stands for Cycle Hard for Education. Mm -hmm. So that's really where it got its got its start. And one of the things about Rotary is, you know, David mentioned that a lot of people come there for business networking and that sort of thing at first, and then they stay for the community. But one of the benefits of supporting education-related causes, right, is we're, we're developing the youth in our community who are going to become the workforce in our community. So beyond the, you know, having it with the book trust, until you're in the third grade, you're, you're reading, you're learning to read. By the time you hit the third grade, you're reading to learn. So if you're behind at that point in your life, you're, you're going to struggle moving forward. You tend to stay behind the whole way through <laughs> right. school. Yeah. Yeah. So this program's had such an incredible impact. Just if you look at the reading scores, as Brad mentioned, um, I believe, and I think many of us within the Rotary believe, that what we can do for our kids is what we're doing for our community's future. Um, and I think that's really important. Even if you're a curmudgeon that says, kids, bah, that point you made that this is an investment in the future of our society, basically, right? These are the next uh, right. workforce that's going to come along. They're going to be the people that take care of you when you get old. So yeah. uh, it's a it's. It's, there's a lot of self-interest involved, actually. There is some, for it. sure. Yeah. I mean, it is self, I think, that way. But Rotary is also about peacekeeping and education. And, and uh, you know, we have exchange programs with students all over the world coming and going from here and all over. I think they said there's 12,000 Rotary exchange students right now somewhere in the world. And those are all peacekeepers. I mean, you, you think about some of the problems we have right now in the world. It's really hard to castigate a, a country when you had Tommy from that country as one of your exchange students. You know, it kind of breaks all that stuff down. So Rotary really looks at that part of it, too. And that's education as well. I mean, think of the courage as a parent having your son or daughter go overseas for a year in high school. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's quite a, a trust for one thing, but it's also quite a commitment for that family and, the, of course, the student. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that doesn't get as much light shed on it as we're talking about the CHAFE is programs like that. So the, the CHAFE ride has a primary beneficiary, right? We've been talking about the book trust, but the balance of the fundraising beyond what is donated to that primary beneficiary stays within the Rotary Club to fund education-related causes that Rotary is putting together. So that would twenty thousand dollars this past year. Yeah. And so I, the, the big check was eighty-seven five. Twenty thousand came back to club activities and also, oh gosh, things like mini Rila, right? you know, mm-hmm. uh, youth training, leadership training for high school students, mm-hmm. just cool things like that. High that, school scholar- scholarships yeah. for college. Those sorts of programs. Well, what else would you guys like to tell us about the chafe? One thing that I wonder about is, okay, mid-June, June can be a rainy month. What happens if it rains? Oh, it never rains on chafe day. What have you heard? Gosh. I, I could say au contraire because I've ridden it in the rain. Tell you the truth, it was out of the three 80-mile rides I've done, that was the most fun. Um, Someone told me. I won't say who, potentially based on data, potentially not, that over the history, it's always, on average, 70 degrees and uh, mostly clear on that day in June. Wow. Well, the other thing is, no matter what the weather starts off like, the after-ride party has always been nice. We've yeah. never had a really crappy after-ride right. yeah. party. No. True. The, the, the rainy ride I did, I can't remember, 10 years ago or whatever. Right. It, we uh, the rain abated after about mm-hmm. Clark Fork right, and uh, right. and it was really a beautiful ended up being a really yeah. beautiful ride yeah right. when you come prepared and you just get wet yeah and and once you're done and the sun comes out you drop your jacket at the next rest stop mm-hmm. right that's one of the reasons you know the ride is one of the best supported rides in the country and so you can you can drop your jacket with a car volunteer you can drop it at a rest stop. So the flip side of rain is it gets can get too hot. Now, that's not right. usually what happens in June. In fact, June's a great month because the temperatures are more moderate. But wasn't there a year where the things oh, were yeah. really well, steaming? You know, we've had a number of different issues over the years. You know, we've also changed the date at various times. You know, we, we ran the ride in the fall for a couple of years. First years, yeah. We ran the ride in July one year. And so, you know... We actually had to cancel one year because of smoke, wildfire smoke. Um, then, you know, we had to cancel a year because of COVID. You know, uh, we've had our share of physical issues. That, that time we wrote it in June, we had a number of people who got hot enough that they that couldn't continue. That was the July continue. ride. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. July ride, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Heat, heat exhaustion could be a, a real yeah. thing, yeah. Right, right. But, um, you know, our ride committee is dedicated to rider safety, right? I mean, that is our number one goal, and we do everything we can to uh, make sure that our riders are safe. You know, mm-hmm. we've never had a, a truly serious accident on the ride and you know not that that won't happen but we do everything in our power to make this a safe ride mm-hmm. for everyone yeah you actually have uh what they call sag support right mm-hmm. where guys are in vehicles are touring the route to make sure yeah. the riders are all good mm-hmm. yep. vehicles yep. and motorcycles yeah. um across yeah. i had a flat tire one year and uh, all of a sudden a sag person pulled up right behind me 
changed my tire, and I'm, I'm capable of changing a tire, but I thought, sure, why not? So it was, it was great. The things we learn about you. You can change your tire? I can, yeah. <laughs> Front tire mostly, but back tire, yeah. <laughs> the back tire is much more complicated. Yeah. So, okay, uh, what else might you guys like to say? Um, we talked a little bit about rides for kind of all abilities. We talked about our 25-mile, 40-mile, going up to 80 or going up to 150, the gravel rides, the 55, the 75. But one of the things we haven't talked about is in partnership with some other organizations, the city and the YMCA, we put on a um, – a family fun ride. And this doesn't happen every year. We're lucky to have been able to do it the last few years where you come down. It's about a four mile route on the Sand Creek Trail where it starts and ends at City Beach like everything else. And you see, you know, kids in tow behind buggies and strider bikes going to do the family fun ride. So that's another option for people. One of the things that I also like to put out is, uh, you know, because not everybody can ride the 150 just as a long day on the bike without training and all that, like Brad over here maybe. <laughs> um, one of the things that Chafe does welcome that a lot of people don't realize is we, we welcome folks coming on their e-bikes. Um, we know that uh, e-bikes make bicycling more accessible for many people, and we want to bring them to the chafe, too. There are some limitations in terms of what we can provide in on-route mechanical support, like we were just talking about, because e-bikes are a little different. Um, you throw it in the back of the truck when it goes down. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, we can't charge your battery, too. So you got to pick the right route for the, you know, battery range that you have. But if but you're hey, an e- You can also pedal those things. Right? You can. Yeah. They're a little bit heavier. But, heavy, yeah. but you sure can. So we welcome people um, joining us yeah, on their e That's something new I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Well, uh, again, if you've just tuned in we're talking with brad williams mariah williams and david keys of the sandpoint rotary club about the chafe 150 bike ride uh, if you did miss part of this uh broadcast you can find it on our the podcast on our website krfy.org later this afternoon we'll have a recording of this you can get all the details that way um and brad mariah and david some last words here well, give it a shot. If you haven't volunteered or you're looking to jump in, it's a great place to volunteer. If you haven't ridden or you want to ride, great place to ride. It's a great place to get involved with the community and make sure that the money's coming back to our community. It's a flow-through account. It comes right back to our community in one way or the other. So, so put your horn on your bike and come on out and have some fun. I forgot to frisk you before you came in today. <laughs> That's a real horn, folks. That's not... I just wanted to say thanks again to those sponsors. You know, those people recognize the good we do in the community and the fact that we're stewarding their money well. And, you know, they recognize, as Mariah said, this is an investment in the community's future. And um, thanks again to all you sponsors. And, uh, again, if there's anybody else that wants to uh, do a sponsorship, you know, Please contact. There's room. There's room. There's room. There's always room for another sponsor. And I guess my my last thing would be just an open invitation to the community. If you're not gonna ride or you don't want to volunteer or whatever, we'd love to just have you come down to City Beach on June 15th and cheer on the riders and enjoy the camaraderie of you know what our after ride party brings together from people who travel from different parts of the world to to visit Sandpoint and be a part of this with us. Mm -hmm. And our friend Mel Dick would have been here, as you know, but he had knee surgery, so hopefully he's listening. And 
his claim to fame, of course, one of the big wheels, of course, in the chafe ride, but he actually broke his neck at the first part of the chafe 150 and finished the ride with a broken neck. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. Most people, That's not the kind of story. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you don't normally break your neck in this ride, just so you know. Oh, he signed a waiver, too. I would. <laughs> signed a waiver. Okay. okay, well, Mel, that, uh, kudos a shout to, out to Mel for, yeah. for doing that. Uh, and I hope that knee, is it going to heal in time for the ride? Uh, it, of course it will. He'll be there. He'll, yeah. he'll, be the, yeah. he'll be the rabbit for the first, what, 75 miles of the 150. Yeah. So we'll see him there. Okay, well, Brad and Mariah and uh, David, thank you very much for coming in and telling us about this um, great event that comes it's coming around June 15th. Yep. Warning, right now and tomorrow, you can get a reduced uh, registration. Is that right, Mariah? Yes, yeah. through the Our Leap Year special, extra day of the year tomorrow, extra day to uh, register for the Chafe 150. You can save... Um, a fair bit on your registration. Yeah, so go to chafe150. And this might be a secret, but I think we're actually ahead of registration right now than we were last year about this time. Is uh, that yeah, true? we're actually about 40% up on registration nice. over this time last year. We're employing a few different things this year, but we're really excited about it. We're hoping to break 400 riders. Well, for the first this time. Year. Yeah. yeah, you've been up over 300. Uh, I, we actually hit over 500 pre-COVID, uh, mm-hmm. um, but post-COVID numbers have been quite a bit lower mm-hmm. as people get back into the swing of large events. And so uh, our committee's goal is really to break that 400 mark. We were about, about 380 last yeah, year. Yeah, I wonder if this really crummy, gray, wet winter we're having has got people feeling antsy. They want to get out. And the Chafe 150 in June sounds really good. Right, right. <laughs> so, Okay, well, again, Brad, Mariah, and David, thanks for coming in.